What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Emily Halstead on the episode today. Emily, I'm just going to jump right into it. Toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Sounds good. Well, um, to talk about my husband and I feels like a really long time ago because we've known each other our entire lives, basically. I named their family dog when I was in first grade. And so we've known each other a long time. Were you guys like um, neighbors or what? We went to a teeny tiny little high school together in a teeny tiny little town in the middle of nowhere. And <laughs> I was a grade above him. So, you know, there was that, but our classes had like 30 people in them. So we definitely oh knew gosh. one another. <laughs> yeah. But we, we didn't date in high school or anything like that. Um, we had some friends who dated when we went to college and I was actually at college four and a half hours away. And that was when we actually started dating. That's so, isn't that funny? It's like, so, and everybody, quite, everyone was like, wait, you guys, you two are dating? We, we never <laughs> thought that. And we're like, oh, yeah, we are. Um, so yeah, we've known each other a really, really long time. And now I think we've been together for about 12 years. So it's, it's been a while. Um, but we are from these tiny towns. And right after college, we decided to move to California together because we just felt like we needed an adventure and there were jobs for him. Oh, it was so fun, but it was also very kind of isolated because all of our families were back in the Midwest. So we had this like weird balance of like so much fun doing amazing things and also just kind of longing for home. Mm -hmm. Um, So while we were out there, we um, is when we got married and we had kind of, we knew we were going to have kids, but we had kind of a list. We're both kind of type A list makers. And we had a list of things we had to accomplish before we were going to have kids. Um, so we were going to travel a whole bunch, and which we did, and that was fantastic. And then we also wanted to get back into the Midwest and own a home and both have kind of jobs that we were excited about before we were going to actually kind of give ourselves roots by having a kid. So we did all that, and it was fantastic. And we were just celebrating our one-year anniversary when we moved back to the Midwest and bought a home and that was wonderful. Um, We ended up both getting jobs we really enjoyed and decided about another year and a half later that we were kind of ready to start having kids. Um, And it was very, very exciting for us. We were, it was kind of like our new adventure. So um, we had a trip to Peru planned. We were going to go to Machu Picchu and do that and that was like our big hurrah and then we were going to obviously get pregnant right away and it was all going to work out wonderfully um (laughs) so while we were in Peru I happened to know that I was ovulating so I was like oh we can start trying while we're here that's such a lovely story and it's fantastic um and I definitely did not get pregnant in Peru and was like oh this was this didn't happen right away and that's that's okay. Everything I read says it takes a little bit of time. So um, we kind of just kept trying over the next couple months. And 
um, about six months into that, I got a um, positive pregnancy test, but it was one with two little lines and the line was so faint where you're like, am I making this up or is it actually there? Um, but it was definitely there. I just, at that point, didn't realize that that means you're pregnant. I kind of had like, well, if it's not super dark, I must not actually be pregnant. Um, so I held that kind of as a secret. It was over my birthday that I got that positive pregnancy test and my husband and I kind of went to dinner and I was kind of secretive about it because I didn't want to spill the beans yet. Um, and then the next day I was going to go buy another pregnancy test and then got what at the time I thought was just my period. And kind of knowing more about all this, I, I realized that that is more of a likely chemical pregnancy. And within the next couple of months, I began to see that more as a loss than a just normal normal cycle. So, um, that was kind of my first, first kind of miscarriage experience, but it just didn't feel the same as kind of what I would come to know. Um, so I moved on from that and we continued to try and, um, eventually it had been a full year of trying to get pregnant. And it was kind of to the point where every month felt like a loss. Like every month was this hope and this, oh my gosh, it's got to be this month. We've got to get pregnant at this point and then not getting pregnant again. And at that point we'd been together for a long time. It felt like, and so I was getting a lot of those comments of like, well, are you guys ever going to have kids? And it feels really uncomfortable to be like, well, we're trying and it's not working. (laughs) Uh, So I just kind of like kept that to myself. And also I was having so much disappointment month after month after month that for all those people in my life, I kind of wanted to protect them from that kind of sadness. So I didn't want to tell them like, well, we're trying and it's not working because, you know, they, my family has some stake in that game too. And in that they want for grandparents, grandkids and nieces and nephews and all of that sort of thing. So at the year mark of trying, I, my doctor said, okay, well, we can finally, um, start doing some testing, which I also felt was really frustrating because you have to wait a full year before um, they'll do anything because I was uh, 28 at the time of that kind of all happening. Um, So we had to wait another month because we had to time things with your cycle. And they did, um, I believe it was called an HSG test Mm -hmm. um, where they shoot dye up and see if your fallopian tubes are blocked. And there was no blockage, but they said sometimes they can, that kind of clears things out. And for the next couple months, they often see a fertility spike. So I was kind of holding on to that for hope. And the next month, still not pregnant. Um, and I started nagging my husband because they wanted him, my doctor wanted him to come um, and get a fertility workup done. And he had not done that yet. And I think was kind of putting it off because guys don't want to do that. <laughs> um, so I kept nagging him to come go and do that and make that appointment. And he just hadn't done it yet. And the next month, for some reason, I just felt like it was going to happen. I was sure I was going to be pregnant. And um, towards the end of the month, I started having kind of cramps, which is usually the first sign that I'm going to get my period. And I had a really 
pretty uh, dramatic blow up at my husband saying, I'm not pregnant again. You haven't gotten this test. You have to go every week that you put this off is another week that I've got to wait and you've got to wait. And we had a giant blow up fight. Um, and in kind of the, the calm after that fight where you're kind of sitting with your spouse and, you know, not speaking, he looks at me and he goes, are you sure you're not pregnant? I was real sure you were. And I'm like, well, I was too, but I'm not. And so we went about our business the next morning. We had friends coming into town to go to um, an art festival, which was the plan was to basically just have drinks the whole time that we were at this art festival. And I thought, you know, just to be sure, because I hadn't actually started my period yet. I'm like, I'm going to take a pregnancy test. And so I took the test and it was positive and it was in the morning um, on a Friday morning. And so I'm kind of shaking, looking at the test and it was very clearly positive this time. And I called my husband and I was like, babe, I'm pregnant. And he was already at work and was in a meeting and he was like, that's very exciting, but I'm going to have to go. Um, <laughs> Thanks for dropping this on me right now. I really and I was like, this maybe wasn't the best choice, but he did call me back, you know, right after the meeting ended. And then we kind of celebrated on the phone and I just, we'd waited so long at this point. It had been 15 months um, that we'd been trying and um, I just couldn't wait. And so that weekend we just, we had these friends over, we'd, we were really close with them. So we shared with them that I was pregnant and, um, at the art festival, I bought some artwork for baby's room. I was into it immediately. And from day one on that, it was like a textbook pregnancy. I went in for my first ultrasound and, you know, my app said that I was like eight weeks and four days and the dating ultrasound said eight weeks and four days. And it was just the most beautiful, wonderful experience that I was not expecting at all. So, you know, every appointment was so filled with excitement and um, I I loved being pregnant. I, I was somebody who thought I would hate being pregnant. I was excited to have kids, but I didn't want to actually like birth them um, until it was really time to do it. Um, and I I loved being pregnant and I had, you know, the apps on my phone and you know, I would wake up and be like, oh, I'm kind of having morning sickness. And my app would be like, today may be the day you start experiencing morning sickness. And <laughs> at one point, I remember talking to a coworker and I was like, this is really pathetic, but I was like drooling as I talked to her. And I opened up my app and it's like, you may be noticing excess saliva. And then gave me these reasons why you would have excess saliva right now. And I was like, this is so weird, but like, this is going so perfectly. And um, that, um, I also run events for my job and we had a huge event that was actually going to be on my due date. Um, I ran that event, felt great. Um, I ended up having a long labor. I was in labor for 36 hours. Um, but it was really a, like a wonderful experience. And I have, um, my beautiful, wonderful daughter. My husband told me, I need to say she's the best daughter that has ever existed. And it's true. She is absolutely amazing and it was just this kind of bubble happiness filled time in our lives that I loved like it was just amazing and continues to be amazing um and so right away 
I, I've said like, you can imagine what it's like to do different life milestones. You can imagine what it's like to go to college or to, you know, get married and you cannot imagine how much you love your children. Like, it is overwhelming and just amazing. Um, so as soon as we kind of came out of the, the sleep deprived haze of those first few months with baby, um, my husband and I were like, we want to make sure that we have, we have another, we want to definitely have more kids and we want our daughter to be a big sister. She is definitely a firstborn. She's very, um, like headstrong and she's wants to be in control of everything. And we've seen that from day one, basically. Um, so because it had taken us so long to get pregnant with her, um, we decided that right at the one year mark, uh, her birthday, um, we would start trying again. Um, so at one year mark, we started trying again and I had in my head that, you know, maybe this time it would be easier. We wouldn't have this big period of trying and period of loss and all of that. Um, and so we started trying and did not get pregnant and did not get pregnant again and again. Um, so I am to kind of segue, I'm very close with my family. We get together. Um, they all live actually within 10 miles of one another and I live about four hours away and we try and get home at least once a month to kind of all hang out and I have two brothers who are both um, married and um, one of them ended up having a baby about uh, five weeks after my daughter so my sister and I sister-in-law and I were pregnant together and our daughters are really really good friends even you know at their young age that they're at um so we're very close to them and about four months into trying, they FaceTimed me while I was up at my house and they were all together. And my brothers tend to call me when they have big news. And so right away I was like, they're going to tell me they're pregnant again. And as soon as my brother kind of started talking, I immediately took the, the phone and like, turned it so that they could only see kind of from my nose up. Cause I was like, I know I can't fake away from my sadness as they announce that they're pregnant because as happy and excited as you are for them, there's also a period of, but I'm really sad for me that this still hasn't happened. Um, so I kind of turned the phone so that you couldn't see my face and congratulated them and got off the phone and immediately kind of had some tears and like, okay, I, I have to reframe my thinking away from, I wish that I was pregnant. I'm not to, I'm very, very excited that I'm about to get a new niece or a new nephew. Um, so for the next, that was I think in Oh, April. Yeah. Yeah. April was when that happened and we continued to try to get pregnant and it wasn't happening. And in, um, July, um, I, we had, my period cycle happened and I was, again, just like with my daughter, I was really sure I was pregnant. I just get a feeling that it's, that I'm pregnant. And so on day, um, what day was it? It was like day 30 of my cycle, which normally I would be getting my period. I hadn't got it. I'd missed my period. And I went to take a pregnancy test and it was negative. And I was like, but I'm, but I'm pregnant. Like, I'm pretty sure that I'm pregnant. Um, so that was on a Wednesday 
And I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait until Friday to take a test, which is so hard to do. But <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to wait. I, I would have said that and then I would have taken one like two hours later. <laughs> well, I'm like, I why waited, did I do that? Because <laughs> it just disappoints you, right? Yeah. So I waited until Friday morning and I took a test and it was again one with like the two little lines on it. And it was the same sort of like very faint lines that you're like, that's a line, right? And I text one of my girlfriends and I'm like, you see that line, right? And she goes, I don't know. You need to get one with words. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I, I ran to the, the drugstore and I got one of the tests that either says pregnant or not pregnant. And I took that and it said not pregnant. And I'm like, okay, well, we're going home to visit my family today. It was a Friday. I'm like, I will not think about this over the weekend. And when we get back from seeing my family, I will take either I will have gotten my period or I will take another test. So we went home that night and we were having, um, we were grilling out at my brother's house, my other brother who was, had not announced that they're pregnant. And um, his wife brings out presents and they are all these little t-shirts that say cousin crew. And she has one for my daughter and um, my, my brother and sister-in-law's daughter and a little onesie for the baby that she's pregnant with. And then she pulls out another onesie and says, I had to get another one. And she announces that she's pregnant. And so I am in this, I've gotten a two negative or a, a negative and a partial negative pregnancy test that morning. And we've been trying for at this point, eight months to get pregnant. And she, both of my sister-in-laws are now pregnant. And so again, I kind of have to reshift and be like I'm happy because I really am but also this is kind of a triggering moment for me <laughs> um so we have that weekend we come home and I still have not gotten my period and my husband keeps reminding me as I'm kind of wallowing um he's like you might be pregnant like this might be okay so we go home on Sunday and it was a box of two t tests that said it had the words on them. And I take another pregnancy test and this time it says pregnant. And so we celebrate and it's great. And I keep thinking about how awesome it is because um, according to the app on my phone, my sister-in-law and I are two weeks apart on our due date. And I'm like, we're going to get to kind of all three of us go through this together. And I think we immediately start celebrating the life of this baby. And it's, it's from birth through, you know, their twenties, you know, we're thinking about, they have these cousins they're going to be close with and they're all going to have so much fun um, playing together because they're all the same age and they're all going to have so much fun in high school. And then in college, when they're going to call each other up and go to parties together, like there was a full life that was celebrated. And a lot of it was in terms of these three babies being so close in age. Um, so I call my doctor and they tell me that for my first ultrasound, I can have it between seven and nine weeks. And I realize that I will be seven weeks on the Tuesday before we go on a family vacation and we are going and staying in a cabin. It's going to be really, um, just a weekend all together with my family. And I realize I'll be seven and seven weeks on Tuesday. And they said, well, we can get you in on Thursday and we leave for the trip on Friday. And I'm like, oh, it's, you know, that's kind of towards the early end of things, but I'd love to try and get in. Um, 
and my husband was actually going to be in Europe traveling for work. And he was like, you know what? It's fine. Like take a picture. There's a lot more appointments. Go ahead and go without me. And I said, okay. Um, so I go for that ultrasound and I have this kind of same feeling as I did with my daughter, where you are just in this like bubble of happiness. You know, you're not going to the gynecologist for, you know, your yearly appointment, you're going for something exciting and big. Um, so I go in and I, um, am on the table and she's doing the ultrasound and we're just chatting and having a great time. And she asks me if my periods are regular. And I said, you know, they are, but I track my ovulation and I actually ovulated on day 19 this month and didn't get a positive pregnancy test until, you know, significantly later than I thought I should. And she goes, oh, well, that totally explains it. I'm dating you at six weeks right now. And I said, oh, okay, well, that there's nothing to be concerned about. And she said to me, there is nothing to tell me that this is anything other then a perfect pregnancy, we're just a little bit early because you ovulated late. And so we couldn't see a heartbeat, but she's like, I wouldn't expect to see one at this point anyway. I think we're all good. We're going to continue your appointment, assuming all is good. And we'll see you back in two weeks just to make sure that growth is happening. And I, I didn't really think anything of that. I was like, okay, that all makes perfect sense to me. Um, and it, I actually made kind of a scene in the doctor's office because I lost my phone during this appointment and I wanted to call my husband and tell him kind of what was going on. And the whole doctor's office had to be turned upside down. And as it turned out, my phone had been in the back pocket of my jeans. And when I took them off, to no. them, it <laughs> fell into the wastebasket with all of like the papers from the ultrasound table. And so we had to like, disinfect. it was a whole thing. Everybody was involved. Um, but it was, the whole thing was so lighthearted and funny and, you know, it was great. Um, so we went to the family vacation and i had had a plan to get there early and I w had gotten the same onesie that my sister-in-law had gotten for herself that said Cousins Crew and I wanted to hang it up um, on the cabin and say like we were one short and when they all showed up, it would be there and we'd get to celebrate. Well, everything went wrong that morning. We were just in life. We were trying to get out the door and pack and it was going slowly. And so we ended up being the last ones there. So I didn't get to do my plan, but I, I brought out a bag and said, girls, I brought a present for you guys to, to see. And I had my daughter and my niece pull the onesie out and the whole family, you know, cheered and, um, it was great. It was lovely and fun. And, you know, my sister, sister-in-laws and I got to kind of rally behind, you know, we're not going to drink on this trip, but we're going to have fun together. And we kept saying, you know, this year, next time we'll have five cousins running around because of, you know, all of, all of these pregnancies and, um, very fun. Um, so that was on Friday and on Sunday on the trip, I went to the bathroom and noticed I was spotting and I, kind of kept that to myself I kind of said something offhand to my husband and was like I'm spotting and this didn't happen but in my last pregnancy but I kind of googled it and saw that that can be a very normal thing in early pregnancy so I kind of tucked that away and ignored it and after probably two or three days it stopped so I was like okay well this must be fine um so then later that week so that was probably Sunday Monday Tuesday on Friday, I started spotting again. 
and my husband's family was coming up to visit us. Our, we never get away from families. We are constantly seeing people and having people at our house. And he wanted to announce it to them. And I, for some reason, knew that I didn't want to do that. I had started to kind of feel like between the ultrasound being dated a little bit off from where I thought it should be and the spotting, I was like, I don't think I'm ready to share this any further than it is. And so we didn't tell them. And on um, Sunday night after they left, I was still spotting. Um, and I had my follow-up ultrasound scheduled for that following Thursday. So I kept saying to myself, just going to wait until Thursday. They'll be able to tell me what's going on then. If something is wrong, there's nothing really that can be done. So I'm just going to kind of wait this out. But by Monday afternoon, I was more into like, I'd still define it as spotting, but it was heavier and it was enough to be kind of concerning for me. And I called um, my doctor and she said, well, you know, I'm looking at your previous ultrasound and you have a subchorionic hematoma. I was like, well, I don't know what that is. And she goes, well, it's basically just a bruise um, on your placenta. And the way that that usually resolves itself is with some spotting. So this actually is normal and would fall in line with what we'd expect from that. And I said, okay, that's fine. I kind of wish I'd been told that during my appointment so I could maybe expect that, but that's, that's good to know. Um, so that was on Monday night on Tuesday morning, I woke up and I was like, I, I don't think that's what this is. And I had kind of had kind of an emotional evening of like, I want this to be what it is. And I spent a lot of time Googling subchorionic hematoma and seeing a lot of articles about people saying, you know, I thought I was losing my baby, but it was actually this. And there were varying degrees of like bleeding that were experienced with it. And I was like, okay, this is, this has got to be what it is. And it was more of a like assurance to myself of like, this has to be what this is. This can't be something different. Um, Tuesday morning, I was bleeding more and I called my doctor and they all kind of went from being assuring and sure that's what it is to when I described what was going on, they wanted me to see a doctor right away. And I couldn't get into my normal office because it was the same day, but they were able to get me into a hospital to have the ultrasound. And then I would have to have my follow-up appointment um, the next morning. And knowing from my previous pregnancy that the ultrasound techs are not supposed to say anything on stuff and you're supposed to wait for that follow-up appointment, I was not loving that plan, but I kind of went with it. So I went to work that day because it was the same day. My husband wasn't able to leave work to come with me. I went to the doctor and the ultrasound tech, every other um, appointment I'd had with my daughter and my first appointment here had been with the same ultrasound tech and she's this like very lovely kind of middle-aged mom and her, every time I see her her hair gets bigger she's got this like amazing bouffant and she's so reassuring and wonderful um and I just loved her and I had to go in and do the ultrasound with this very young girl and she was just not like from the beginning she was making jokes about how the the protective cover on the ultrasound looked like a condom. And I was thinking like, I don't know that this is super reassuring for me. Um, 
And so we continued to make jokes. And then as she did all the measurements of your ovaries and things like that. And then as soon as she um, went to look at the pregnancy, she just stopped talking. And I could see on the screen, the dating said six weeks and two days. And at this point, according to my period, I should have been about nine, uh, nine weeks. And according to the last ultrasound, I should have been um, at least seven and a half, depending on which one we want to go with. Um, and then I could see her trying to measure for a heartbeat and there was no heartbeat, but she continued to just sit in silence. And I know that's technically what she's supposed to do, but to go from this kind of inappropriate humor to like just quiet. And then she stopped and said, we're all done. You can leave. And, you know, at that point you go from, you just felt very kind of violated you know you're wearing nothing basically from the waist down and all of a sudden you kind of feel like you're shirking out of a place um it's a very different feeling um and so I knew that you know things were not going well <laughs> um and I, I left the doctor's office and as I just walked down the hallway I just started sobbing and got to my car and um called my husband and you know, wait he, she didn't send you to a doctor no, she didn't. So I had a follow-up appointment the next morning and this was at a hospital, not my doctor's office. And okay. she didn't send me to a doctor. She didn't say anything. She just said, you're done. Oh my and gosh. Then, yeah. So it was a very kind of like, I knew what was going on. I knew that this baby was not growing and there was no heartbeat and that it wasn't the hematoma that had been bleeding. It was that I was losing the baby, but I only knew that because I'm a crazy Googler and, you know, had a sense of what I should have seen at that appointment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I just kind of left and I called my husband and cried with him and I called my best friend who I had been talking to. She recently had a baby. So we'd been kind of talking about pregnancy things and kind of cried with her. And then I was like, I have got to call my mom and tell her. And it just felt like, I was having to break her heart too, to say, you know, the grandchild that you guys all celebrated and the, you know, cousin that we all celebrated is no more. And I called my mom and she had a miscarriage, um, that we didn't know about until I was in, uh, college and she told me about it, but, um, she has mentioned it several times since then. And so she was very understanding. And I think kind of knew the emotions that I was feeling and said, well, do you want me to come up and stay with you? And it's about a four, four and a half hour drive. And I said, no, I'm fine. I just kind of want to be alone. And so I should have probably, um, like my work day was not over and like, I was not hugely bleeding or anything, but I just went and got my daughter. I was like, I'm just going to spend time with her. But as soon as I got her, I was like, I'm not equipped to be like emotionally present for her. Like I am sad and I want to be alone and I want to just crawl into my bed and wallow. So my husband came home and we just had a very somber evening and I went to bed super early because I was my biggest pregnancy symptom up until that point had just been exhaustion. And so I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. Um, so I went to bed and about one in the morning I woke up and was having just extreme cramps and went to the bathroom and was bleeding pretty heavily. And I feel like bad stuff only happens at two in the morning, like when you are not, you know, 
you're fuzzy in your brain because you're tired and you don't know what to do. And so I couldn't kind of bring myself into like, I need to go take some ibuprofen. I need to have my husband woke up. I need to, I need help. Like I just kind of was in the bathroom kind of experiencing this by myself and I didn't need to be, but I just couldn't seem to like draw my brain out of focusing on just that. Um, so I bled pretty heavily through the, through the night and the next morning I don't work on Wednesdays. I'm home with my daughter and my husband was like, well, do you need me to stay home? And I said, yeah, I do. And I was shaky and like, couldn't get off the floor. And I was laying on the floor in my daughter's bedroom and she's, um, one and a half. So she's pretty little. And she was covering me up with her blanket and patting me on the shoulder, which was so sweet and so kind because she didn't know what was wrong, but she just knew mom was sad. And so she was doing her best to take care of me in her little way that she could. Um, and it was probably six in the morning and my husband was, you know, he's, he's a very problem solver guy. So he's trying to figure out, you know, like, do I need to take you to the hospital? Like what's going on? I need to know how to help you. And I said, I, I need my mom. <laughs> And so I called my mom and it was like six or 30 in the morning. And I said, mom, I need you. And she goes, okay, I'm on my way. And so she, when she got there, I found out she really did just get in the car and leave. She brought like one pair of clothes and that was it. That is adorable. So it was real cute. But then, yeah. So she came up and um, she got there right as I was headed to my doctor's appointment. So she wasn't there until after I had to go. So my husband stayed home with my daughter again. Um, and then my mom came so that he could go to work. And so I went to my doctor's appointment and I ended up waiting at my doctor's office and I love my doctor. They're wonderful, but they're under construction right now. And I waited in like a construction zone for an hour and finally got into my appointment and they were going to come in to see me. And then the doctor got called away. And so it was kind of this whole mess. So finally, like an hour and 45 minutes later, my doctor was able to see me and just came in and said, Emily, I'm so sorry about this, but didn't give me a like, still didn't kind of ever say what was happening. Like we all just kind of had this underlying hum of like, you're losing your baby without ever saying it, which annoyed me. Like it just ticked me off that we weren't ever saying like, you're having a miscarriage and that sucks. <laughs> um, so she was basically like, I think your body is doing what it's supposed to your bleeding has slowed down because at that point it had slowed down. I'd say the worst part of it was between kind of the two and six in the morning. And at this point it was kind of calming down. And she's like, I think that, you know, everything's happening as it should be. And I'm like, well, yeah, as it should be for losing a baby, it's not happening as it should be for the fact that I'm supposed to be pregnant right now. Um, so I went home after that appointment and we were just going to have a follow-up appointment in two weeks to make sure everything was going okay. And I would say the biggest thing right after that is I, it hit me that I don't get to get away from this for the next nine months because my sister-in-law is pregnant and do the exact same time as me. So I'm going to watch her go through every single thing that I expected to go through for the next nine months. Um, and so I told my mom that she needed to tell my family. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I don't want to talk about it. Um, and I felt like all the kind of sympathy I was getting from anybody was 
either in the form of, well, at least, and then fill in the blank there, which we all know doesn't help. Or it was in the form of, you know, something that was, it, it was sympathy, but it almost ended up being me having to then comfort the person back and say like, no, no, I'm okay. It's okay. And I didn't want to do that. Like, I just wanted to be mad and wallow and kind of sit in that for a while. Um, and my sister-in-law's first ultrasound was supposed to be that Thursday. So I kind of had the bulk of the miscarriage on Tuesday night. My mom came up on Wednesday and then my sister-in-law's appointment was Thursday, which was when my original appointment was scheduled for. Um, and she sent me a very lovely text about how, you know, I'm thinking of you and all of these things. And I couldn't bring myself to be a big person back. I just texted her back and said, have a good appointment, which was very snotty of me. I felt like, but I just was like, I can't, I can't give you the support that I am supposed to be giving you yet. Um, so my mom stuck around for the week and, um, she and I like cleaned out closets and went shopping and I skipped out on work and, um, just kind of lived in a bubble, which was really nice. Cause I felt like if I could live in a bubble, I didn't have to kind of acknowledge all of these, all of the outside things that remind me of the fact that I'm not pregnant. Um, and over the next, you know, I stopped bleeding after about, you know, 10 days, I went in for my follow-up appointment and they said, you know, I don't even think we need to do an exam. You've stopped bleeding. Your pregnancy test is negative all is well, which again, kind of hit me with a like, but it's not, it's not all well. Um, and my doctor throughout the thing, throughout everything, doctors kept saying like, this is not your fault. Nothing you did caused this. And finally in that follow-up appointment, my doctor said that. And I said, I get that that's what you guys are saying, but without any testing, how can I be sure? There's so many things that you're not supposed to do in pregnancy. You know, you're not supposed to drink a lot of caffeine and you're not supposed to do too much activity. And I'm like, you know, I went out on a boat. Maybe that's what caused it. Or, you know, I have a Diet Coke addiction. Maybe my Diet Coke every other day is what did it. And like, there's all these things we're not supposed to do because they can harm your baby. Are we sure that I didn't do anything? And she again assured me, you know, this is not your fault. Um, and I'm kind of a problem solver. So I'm like, again, that doesn't help me. Like I need to know what I can do to make this better and not happen again. Um, and of course she couldn't really give me anything. And because, um, you know, I hadn't had multiple miscarriages in a row and, you know, the, the chemical pregnancy never even saw a doctor for, there's no real testing that we did. And so it just kind of, um, just kind of ended there. And I was really upset about time. Like, I'm just really upset about time. And the fact that now, you know, we tried with my daughter for 15 months, we've tried now for another eight months for this pregnancy. And like, how much longer do I have to wait for my next one? And thinking about, you know, you can't start trying, according to my doctor, until after you've had one period. Like, so if my period turns in four weeks, I've got another four weeks. I've got eight more weeks before I could even possibly be pregnant. Um, and I start kind of spinning down this math wormhole of how long this could take before, 
before we can try again. And, um, you know, we talked with my daughter and she's very young, but she's, she's real smart. Um, so we talked with her when I was pregnant and said she was going to be a, a big sister. And she was to the point of pointing to my belly and saying baby and kept pointing to herself and saying sister. And I just kind of have like stopped having that conversation with her and she still sometimes does it. And it's so cute and sweet, but also is kind of a little, a little stab for me of like, Oh, I'm sorry that you don't get, that's not right yet. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I was trying to find an outlet for feeling sad without putting that burden on anybody else. And that was when I started listening to this podcast and it made me feel very like, like I had a space to kind of wallow in my sadness um, without any of the triggers that a lot of the people in my life are giving me, you know, without with my sister-in-law as being two women that are really close to me, but both being pregnant, just kind of their existence gives me a little bit of a trigger when I talk about this. Um, when I, a girl I'm really close to at work has the same due date as I was supposed to. And, um, so there's, there's that looming over me. I just feel like everywhere I turn, there's something to remind me of this loss and the thing that I don't have. Um, and so I just felt like I had to have somewhere to kind of, um, live in that without the triggers of everybody else and without the, well, at least, and the, mm-hmm. all of, all of that. All the, the helpful, not so helpful comments. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't even know what a helpful comment would look right. like. <laughs> I know. So I, think, I yeah, agree. Like, I always just say when somebody messages me, I always just say, fucking A. Or, oh, exactly. shit. Like, because exactly. I don't feel like there's anything you can say other than like, that's shitty. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's all, I think that's all we need, that's to be honest, is like, acknowledge that it just sucks. That's it. Yeah. Like, and that's what you I know, mean by like, the sympathy often turned into like me needing to make them feel better. So it was exactly. like, the, you know, I, you know, I want to live in the, like, that sucks. You don't have to make it better because it's not better yet. It, yeah. It doesn't you don't need to fix it. Yet. Nobody needs to fix it. They just Nobody need to, needs to fix it. <laughs> exactly. Acknowledge we all just that it's just shitty. <laughs> it is just <laughs> shitty. Exactly. Yeah. And so I guess that's kind of where we're at right now is I am, um, just about a month post miscarriage and um, hoping that eventually I get to tell my daughter she's going to be a sister again and get to share that with my family. And I'm kind of in the turning point of trying to get my brain out of focusing on myself and finding the joy for other people again, because it is something very joyous and wonderful that should be celebrated. And I um, I think it's sometimes really hard to turn that back on. And that's what I think I'm working on most at the moment. Yeah. If you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, well, I think the thing that I've been telling myself a lot lately is I loved being pregnant and I love talking about being pregnant. Anybody who's pregnant, you want to talk about it and complain about it and, you know, talk about the weird things that happen. I love doing that. And I'm working really hard to, when I hopefully become pregnant again, I'm working really hard to try to not let that change. I'm trying really hard to approach that with the mindset of like still celebrating Mm -hmm. the the wonderful, awesome thing that is pregnancy and having a baby and trying not to, 
and I can't say that this will work because I'm not there yet, but I'm trying to really frame my mind to not spend the whole time being scared or worrying about what might happen, but to still really go into the doctor's appointments and um, those nine months that are hopefully ahead at some point with the same sort of joy and excitement that I would have gone into if I didn't have this loss looming over my head and the fear that's associated with it. So that's, that's especially if people have had miscarriages and haven't had a chance to be pregnant and have a baby yet. That's my, my hope for people is that you can still find the joy and the wonderfulness in it because it really is an awesome experience. Yes. And if you are able to master that, we'll have to have you back on to share how you're doing that because it's really hard. (laughs) I know it's, that's been, it's literally been in my head daily of don't let this overshadow the beautifulness that should hopefully happen because I would, that's part of why I've been angry is I feel like I've been robbed of, Mm -hmm. of that kind of the, the joyful side of it. The innocence of not knowing how that hurts and yeah. So yeah. that's my advice to people if you can make it happen. Awesome. Well, if you, not if you, I'm just like not braided dead over here. I need another cup of coffee. <laughs> if somebody, <laughs> if somebody wants to reach out to you, is Instagram the best way? Instagram is great. Awesome. I will link your Instagram in the description of this episode. Everybody reach out. That's what this is all about. Just building a community of like-minded people because like Emily said, it can just, it can be hard talking to the closest people to us about this sometimes. Yeah. Um, stran- strangers is much easier, I'll admit. <laughs> strangers is much easier, I agree. <laughs> so I appreciate you. Good luck and keep me posted on everything. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Take myself, take my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.